Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. And this is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. It's Thursday, August 25th. Some of the biggest and brashest figures in crypto have faced staggering losses in the current downturn. Multiple crypto companies have filed for bankruptcy, and more than one high-flying crypto CEO has found themselves out of a job. Case in point, Michael Saylor, the co-founder and former CEO of a software services firm called MicroStrategy. But software isn't what made MicroStrategy a household name among Bitcoin believers. Instead, It was Saylor's decision to use the company's balance sheet to bet big on Bitcoin all the way back in 2020 that really catapulted them into the headlines. For a while, as Bitcoin prices rallied, that $250 million bet looked like a genius move. But as prices fell, MicroStrategy found itself facing significant losses. What does this all mean for MicroStrategy and for Michael Saylor? For more, I'm joined by Bloomberg senior editor Dave Litka. I believe he was on the back of the New York Post as this man lost $6 billion in one day. And by Bloomberg accounting specialist Tom Contiliano. They bought $4 billion worth of Bitcoin between here and there. To discuss exactly what happened. Well... It is a benefit of a place like Bloomberg where we can have, you know, two people with highly specialist and very different expertise to sort of combine into an episode about one of the most colorful people in a very colorful universe of crypto folks. And that is none other than Michael Saylor, until recently the CEO of a little company or not so little company called MicroStrategy. And Dave, I would just like you to start from a place of it may well be that our listeners are very aware of Sailor. They're very aware of, you know, what a big proponent of Bitcoin he was. But they don't know anything about who he was before that big Bitcoin bet. Where did Michael Saylor come from? Sure. Great question. Um, Saylor has been a colorful character for a very long time, both on a local and uh, in the business world sense on it. He's really a self-made man. Amazing story. Was a Air Force sergeant's son. Ended up getting a scholarship to MIT. Graduated from there, went in the industry, uh, had some success there as a uh, early software consultant and developer, broke off with some of his MIT buddies, formed this business software company, and took off from there and was uh, worth billions by the time he was in his 30s. And this was at the height of the first dot-com boom, is that correct? Exactly. He rode that wave. Company was doing great going into that, did an IPO in 98 and uh, again, it was worth about $7 billion at its peak. Unfortunately, they ran into an accounting issue <laughs> about 2000. The stock crashed. I believe he was on the back of the New York Post as this man lost $6 billion in one day. And they ended up settling. 
and uh, he actually settled into obscurity for a little while, at least the company did after that. Somehow it's always an accounting issue. And so, Tom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to turn to you. So Michael Saylor, colorful character, you know, has experience in software sales and services, has experiences of creative accounting, and turns up new company, co-founder of, of something that's also a software services company. It's called MicroStrategy. Sure, great, all typical. What was atypical about MicroStrategy as of a couple of years ago? I think what was atypical about MicroStrategy was they, as Dave mentioned, they were sort of known. I mean, I was in Northern Virginia at the time of the tech bubble. They were known as the company that went to the sun and then came back and fell back. And it was until two years ago, unless you really were paying attention to markets, that the name really popped up again. Um, and it popped up again in the context of, of Bitcoin. And literally two years and a week ago, Bitcoin finally appeared on an earnings release and became a separate strategy from from just being a software intelligence company. And as of when that happened, were they the first company to have Bitcoin appear in a balance sheet, as far as you're aware? Right around the same time, you had Tesla and, and Square uh, were also the two companies, publicly traded companies, that made it part of their, their treasury um, as well, too. And that they weren't crypto companies in and of themselves, but they were engaging in crypto. So they were engaging in crypto, but it seemed like MicroStrategy, despite having this other actual business and software services, really became known for its Bitcoin bet. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, they were a billion-dollar company. Uh, within six months of getting into crypto, they, they soared 12x. They were, they were over 12 billion for a little while. Um, and nothing had really changed too much about the software business. But their, their position in Bitcoin has only gotten bigger since then. And Dave, this is for you. It, it sounds like they were perceived as like a bet on the direction of Bitcoin, or at least the potential direction of Bitcoin. Their stock was. Yes. Uh, they basically became a, an investment play on or an investment fund to bet on Bitcoin uh, without actually buying Bitcoin. Sailor, again, rose to prominence mostly through social media for a lot of crazy sayings mm -hmm. and uh, touts about what, what Bitcoin and how it would change the world. And people bought it. And for a while, it looked like he was right, right? I mean, there if you look at sort of a, a Bitcoin charts and a micro strategy charts, it was like they were the same chart for a minute there. But the problem with that correlation is then Bitcoin prices started going in the other direction. That was not so helpful for them. And Tom, what happens when you have Bitcoin on your balance sheet and the price of Bitcoin suddenly starts going down? Yeah, the accounting for, for Bitcoin is a little, little um, crazy in that it's, <laughs> it's really the accounting for acquisitions, for, for buying another company that, that we're using right now for Bitcoin. So hang on a minute. You're telling me there's no like specialist. This is how you account for crypto. It's like this is how we account for other stuff. And we're going to apply that to crypto. Exactly. It's being considered now by the governing body, by FASB, that they will possibly come up with a, a tailored accounting for it. But right now, the long and short of it is if the value of crypto falls below what, what MicroStrategy bought it for, they have to write it down. They have to write down the value of, of the asset. And, and it goes only in one direction. It doesn't come back. Mm -hmm. if, if crypto should rebound, they don't get the benefit of that, at least on their balance sheet. So, Tom, what I'm hearing from you is even if Bitcoin were to go, you know, as they say, to the moon again, MicroStrategy would still have what looks like a hole on their balance sheet? Yeah, from a financial statement perspective, I mean, they're number one, they're, they're writing down Bitcoin pretty much every quarter since they've owned it. So their earnings have been horrendous as a result, even though Bitcoin at times has been a very profitable bet for them. And then in terms of what you're talking about, the, the actual Bitcoin itself on the balance sheet, 
all it does is disappear every time they have to write it down. So um, they've written down more than half of the roughly $4 billion of Bitcoin that they've bought since since they began this foray. And just so, because sometimes accounting and the real world seem very far apart. <laughs> when we talk about writing down an asset, it doesn't mean that they've gotten rid of it. It just means that they're no longer considering it for accounting purposes. Yeah, yeah. The accounting on that is that it's considered impaired, meaning the, the value should never come back. But obviously, in the case of Bitcoin, it, it can come back in a moment's notice. So it doesn't really match the reality. Thankfully, MicroStrategy does provide a lot of information. So investors are able to, to figure out where, they're, where they truly are positioned on a day-by-day basis. So from what I'm hearing from you, they made a bet on Bitcoin, significantly benefited, you know, going from a billion dollar company to a $12 billion company just on the strength of a $250 million bet on Bitcoin. And now they're being, I suppose punished is, is too strong a word, but, you know, they're they're perceived if you're just looking at the numbers in a very specific way. How big do you think is the gap between where they're valued at right now and what you would consider or what maybe like accountants would consider it to be a fair value for the company? Look at the numbers. I, like I said, they were about a billion dollar company before getting into uh, crypto. And given that's just the value of the stock is is just north of $3 billion. Mm-hmm. They bought $4 billion worth of Bitcoin between here and there. Uh, <laughs> that Bitcoin is down as of today. It's down a billion dollars, right? It, it's right. worth $3 billion right now. Um, so it's sort of spot on, in other words. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you can take a the the other flip side of the coin is it's already up half a billion dollars since the last quarter. Um, so it really depends on what the what the measurements are that you want to use. Up next, you'll hear more from Bloomberg senior editor Dave Litka and from our accounting specialist Tom Contiliano, all about Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. MicroStrategy is changing up its leadership. Michael Saylor, who co-founded the company in 1989, is giving up his CEO title, saying he will increase his advocacy efforts for holding Bitcoin. Michael, great to have you with us. So talk to us about what drove this decision to move on from that CEO spot. Is it the end of the Bitcoin era for MicroStrategy? No, no, it's the beginning of the Bitcoin era. In kind of a blockbuster announcement as part of their last earnings, they said that he would no longer be the CEO of the company. Dave, what went down there? Well, they announced that he would now serve as executive chairman, and that triggered a lot of speculation. Okay, was he pushed uh, because the bet went bad on it? It's still a question that's unanswered, but he does, the way they the common shares of the company are structured, he does still control the vast majority of the voting rights. Mm -hmm. So he's still his own boss on it. Um, But you would assume there has to be some pressure when you take a billion-dollar quarterly loss and you look at the core business and sales are falling. Right. So he's once again in a position where he is a person who looked like he lost a ton of money in a very short amount of time. Sure. I, I... 
would be surprised if there's many folks who've lost more than a billion dollars twice. I've been working with Fong on CEO succession for about four years now, and it's always been part of the plan. We finally uh, got to the point where we had Andrew, our new CFO, on board, and we could actually make the change and Fong could be CEO. So I think that the market's responding to the fact that now instead of two executives, uh, Sailor and Fong Lee, we have three executives. And um, it allows me to do what I like to do, which is uh, Bitcoin advocacy, uh, Bitcoin acquisition. I'll continue to provide oversight for Bitcoin acquisition as the chair of the investments committee of the board. I'll stay as the chair of the board. So he's still the controlling shareholder of the company. He's still the executive chair of the board. What do we think is a kind of a, a meaningful next step from a business perspective for MicroStrategy, Tom? Like, do you think they're going to go back to focusing on software? Is there a universe in which they attempt to, you know, hive off the, the Bitcoin owning section of the business? Like, what are some of the kinds of strategies that you've seen in the past with folks attempting to deal? I mean, suppose there's no really an exact comparable, but, you know, where they're trying to isolate something that is no longer core or perceived as core. Yeah, but you could also take the opposite view that MicroStrategy stock has almost tripled since they got into Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. You could sit there as a chairman and CEO, the new CEO, and say, this is this is wonderful. People at Bloomberg are talking about it. <laughs> They're reading about a company that otherwise maybe they, they hadn't. And investors who got in in August of 2020 have made an awful lot of money, including, mm-hmm. including the chairman. So... I think he's been pretty consistent that they're in it to win it. And if you're on the MicroStrategy bus at this point, you know that you're you're staying with Bitcoin. So the question is, how, how do you get more of it, perhaps? Um, does that software business generate enough money that they can continue to buy based on the cash that, that throws off? Or right. is there some other way? They've been creative in how they've, they've made some Bitcoin acquisitions to date. Is there some other way that they haven't examined it that they can get a little bit more in the coffers? Well, let's go back to the two other companies that you mentioned as having disclosed Bitcoin on their balance sheet around the same time as MicroStrategy, right? So Tesla, which has been exiting its Bitcoin position, um, and Square, now known as Block, which just from the name is like really doubling down <laughs> on their own crypto strategy. You know, they're investing in um, technology related to crypto mining, for example, but have you seen kind of an uptick across the board? Like, are there many more than three companies now that are disclosing these kinds of holdings? I have not. And, you know, Tesla, anything with Tesla obviously generates a lot of headlines. Um, their one, their initial $1.5 billion acquisition of, of Bitcoin is a lot of money to the three of us. But to Tesla's business, is, it's a little bit of an afterthought. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, they have sort of moved out of it. So I think there is a question whether public companies are going to follow this 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 strategy that these three companies have embodied at some point in the last couple of years. Dave, I want to go back to something just about like Sailor himself. You know, he is still personally fabulously wealthy <laughs> as a as an individual. And it doesn't seem like recent events have dented his faith in in Bitcoin specifically or the perception that, you know, many in the crypto and the Bitcoin community have that this is a person who really knows what he's talking about. Are there other people, you know, just in this kind of universe of like Sailor and Novogratz, are there other people who you're observing 
trying to lead their companies in kind of crypto friendly directions that you know we should be having a, a follow up conversation with Tom about in like six to twelve months. Well, the, the crash changed a lot of things. So you had a lot of people who were kind of flirting with the idea. And as Tom mentioned, the, there's those two companies and maybe a handful of crypto miners, that type of thing. But now with the collapse of the price, they're struggling to just keep their head above water and stay in business. So the tone has really changed for everybody, except for Sailor, who hasn't deviated at all from his line. When Musk sold the shares for Tesla um, last quarter, he, his response is, you're left with what I get after I sell this, you're left with 25% of Bitcoin. And he hasn't deviated at all. So essentially, just to go back to Tom's earlier point, even though this current quarter and perhaps the quarter to come might look a little bit challenging from an accounting perspective, as far as sale is concerned, the fundamental bet was the right one for MicroStrategy. Yeah, I mean, it depends what you're looking at, right? I, they've made roughly two dozen purchases of Bitcoin and what mm-hmm. all but two or three of them are underwater. Um, the overall bet itself is, is underwater by a billion dollars. So... Um, it's a question of time. Um, you know, maybe crypto goes back up, maybe Bitcoin goes back up, and suddenly that looks like a great long-term bet. Uh, so we're waiting on on when that happens, I guess. Right. And just to kind of follow up on that point with uh, the time made there, uh, Sailor himself has been quoted, and and I believe it even in an interview with uh with us that um, he had a tough choice to make. He knew his company wasn't growing at the pace it should be, and it was either do something different or die mm. on it. And he chose something different. Yeah. And that is, that's what CEOs do, right? Those are, those are the decisions we, they try to make. We were very unfortunately not able to get Sailor himself for this episode. His folks let us know that he was traveling at the time that we were recording it. But Michael Sailor, if you're listening to this and you want to come on <laughs> and, and give us your perspective on this story, we would happily have you on the Crypto Podcast. Well, Thank you both for being here. Really appreciate you taking the time on the podcast. Tom, Dave, a pleasure to have you. Good one. Thank you, Stacey. You can find more of their reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal, on Bloomberg.com, or follow Dave Litka on Twitter. He's at D-L-I-E-D-T-K-A. As always, it was another busy week on the Crypto Beats. Join me tomorrow as I call on two of Bloomberg's senior editors for crypto to break down what happened this week, what we're thinking about, and a little bit about what we're reading. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergalina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Associate producer is Ty Butler. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow.
The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.